0: coming to you from the Eon Project Studios, overlooking the vast, pristine acreage of Primrose Village. Greetings from this hidden gem of the Blackstone Valley. You are listening to Experts of Nothing with Mike and Jay. Oh, did you like that? Hi, Jay. I changed it up a little bit. Did you notice?
1: Yeah, it sounded like you were unsure of yourself.
0: I was trying to be more um, upbeat. Oh. You know, because I uh, I suffer from... uh, you know, mental problems. You know, a lot of people don't know about this program is that we don't do
1: really any type of show preparation with each other. No. We don't talk about what we're going to do. We just kind of have a general outline, but we don't, you know, we don't practice it. We don't We don't talk and about ideas. And that's probably ideas. evidenced
0: I mean, in the, uh, the output of the show. Production value yeah. of the show. Yeah. Output. Maybe we should change it. Maybe we should do just a little bit more effort. In effort. Theory. I'll give you some effort. You don't really put much much effort into anything. I don't. No, I'm, I'm kind of a half-stepper. Yeah, you why know. is that? I don't know. You know, it's just too much work. I'm lazy. <laughs> You're very lazy. I have difficult uh, difficulties. Well, you know what's also, what's also helping with the,
1: the laziness is this this time of year, we actually just we just entered into a new season. Mm-hmm. We are now in the
0: fall. It's the fall. It's the autumno. The autumno season. Oh. It's a mead autumno. So here in the Northeast, you know, the leaves are changing. The temperatures are cooling. Yes. And uh, pretty soon you'll be out there raking leaves. You got pumpkins all around. Pumpkins, it's the best time of year. I love, I love the fall season, especially in New England. Gourds, you get to carve the large gourds. Do you eat gourds? Do, do, do you eat a gourd? You don't eat gourds. It's got like acne on it. They're like de- they're like decorative items. What do you do with a? Yeah, okay, so what? How, how did the gourd become a decorative item? Just because it looks cool. Well, yeah, I mean, the different colors, the different shapes. But how come you eat pumpkins? You could do different things. You ever seen the gourd that has like a, a bulbous end, and then it has like a length? To it. Yes, and I think that you've probably tried doing things with that. Yeah, it's good that that it has the end because it acts as a stopper.
1: Yes, you don't put it in too far. But anyway, so uh, welcome to another edition of the Eon Project before we get uh, too far into into the program. Uh, We had a, a great show last week. We talked about some stuff. Yep. And uh, musical
0: uh, related. Musical, things. Well, some. some no, we had people
1: who fake their own deaths. That's right. So if you're interested in that type of topic, go back to episode 45 and check it out. we got some good responses for it. You know what? I want to say hello. Mm. We do actually have a, a bunch of new listeners down in South Africa, of oh. all places. Uh, we are. We do have the ability to
0: find out where our listeners come from. We do have some from South Africa. So we'll, we'll come on. I heard that uh, they they play our show over the loudspeaker in the in the diamond caves down there. Oh well, you know anything to motivate people. Blood diamonds. You know
1: that diamonds are not actually rare.
0: They're not. Diamonds are everywhere. It's a it's a scam created by the De Beers company. The De Beers
1: Corporation, which is actually from South Africa, if I remember correctly. That's right. Uh, the uh, the Dutch settled South Africa mm-hmm. long ago.
0: They did. The, much
1: I, much about what I know about South Africa comes from Lethal Weapon Two. When they had the Kruger ants, remember the
0: Kruger ants? No, I don't remember Lethal Weapon Two.
1: Much. Le- Lethal Weapon Two? It was the the main the main bad guy talked like this. And oh. he said
0: diplomatic immunity. He was from South Africa. He was, yes. Oh. They, they were from South Africa. It's not often you get a supervillain from South Africa. No, that's why it was interesting. I like I like the
1: Lethal Weapon movies. Uh, I like the dynamic between Murtaugh and Riggs. Mm. And you know what? Um, believe it or not, I I, uh, I can do a a mean Roger Murtaugh. Let me hear it. Okay, here we go. Okay. Hey Riggs, this is world famous actor
0: Danny Glover. I'm talking to you today because I'm too old for this. Why did he have a southern accent? He, did he have a southern accent? No, I don't think so. I didn't just do a southern accent. Danny Glover, world famous actor Danny Glover. Why does he talk like that?
2: Because he has a very full voice.
0: Ha! <laughs> Yeah, we had a musical guest on last week, we uh, Overseas Love Crisis.
1: Yeah, hopefully they're doing well, those and, guys. And uh, I hope
0: they're doing well. Uh, they sounded good. The music was good. And uh, we like them. We'll promote them any way we can. And any other music, if you have any music you want to yeah. put on the program, or if you just want to come on and sing a song, that'd be cool uh, a cappella style, we'll let
1: you do that. Before I tease, well, let me just tease the topic, then I got to mention something. So today, we're going to be talking about something that is uh, big this time of year, and that's going to be movies, like of the terror, terror variety, horror mm. movies and scary movies and, and uh, movies like that. However, what we're going to talk about are movies that are supposedly based on a true story. Yes. Uh, we're going to tell you a little bit about the movie, and then we're going to tell you the true story behind the true story behind the movie. Behind the story. But before I get to that, uh, I actually wanted to address a, a listener question that I got this week. Oh, you did? I did. So, I got a, a question from somebody, and uh, the person will remain nameless because I don't want to give them free publicity. However, they asked... Why we don't discuss politics on this show. No, no politics. No, I know we don't, but I want to explain why we don't talk about politics. And I think that the reason is, is because there's too much of that crap as it goes everywhere. Everyone has an opinion about politics and and, uh, things that should be, you know... uh, the, the culture wars that are going on, and we just feel better not talking about. And it's any too of
0: divisive. Sure, it's too divisive. We don't want to uh, tear anyone apart. We no. want to bring listeners together. Sure. for a common goal and a common purpose. And yeah. so,
1: for about an hour or so, you can forget about politics. We're not going to talk about it. Uh, we could talk about it. We're pretty pretty
0: smart dudes. Yeah, you know, we have we're, Mike and I are on complete opposite ends of the political spectrum. Mm. So we would probably murder each other. Yes. live on the air. However, we were to talk about it.
1: We, we feel like we're above the fray. That's right. So we don't talk about politics. So thank you for the question, but uh, we don't really get into that. That's right. So anyway, we're going to talk a little, bit of, a, a little bit today about movies that are supposedly based on true stories that are turned out to be not true. Oh, well, some of them are and some of them aren't. Right. We're going to get into some of that. Okay. The first movie that I'm going to talk about is actually one of my favorite scary movies of all time. Mm. I'm a big scary movie fan. Um, I, notice I didn't say horror movie. I don't. I don't particularly enjoy horror movies. I like scary movies. What's the difference? Well, horror to me indicates that there's some sort of uh, you know gore and and killings okay. and things. That's I'm not really into that sort okay. of thing. I don't like. Uh,
0: you like more of the mental scare, do you? I like the
1: mental scare and the 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 paranormal scare, the supernatural, if you will,
0: cerebral cerebral
1: scares. I like that more than the, any horror type film. But to me, one of the best films of the, of the last, uh, one of the most one of my favorite scary movies of all time, and easily one of the best of the last decade, in mm. my opinion, is The Conjuring, Ooh. 2013. Did you see The Conjuring? Uh,
0: no, I don't. I don't watch those movies. What? No. You haven't seen The Conjuring? No, no, no. I, I only watch old school horror type films from years ago. Well, this one is is in the vein of horror f- of, of, of those
1: films. Okay. Very, very well done. If you haven't seen it, please do so. It starts off with very familiar territory, so what you have is a family. Mm -hmm. Uh, This actually takes place back in the 70s. So there's a family that starts uh, moving into this new house, uh, into a creepy old house in Rhode Island of all places. Oh. Yes. Uh, Soon after moving in, weird stuff starts happening. Stuff starts moving, noises from the basement. The wife gets possessed. You know, Mm -hmm. the normal horror movie stuff. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to get into the the nuts and bolts of the movie, Uh, but what makes it good is that there's a lot of misdirection that happens. So the, the person who made the film, Mr. James Wan... Oh, Wan. ...who's who the director of uh, Insidious. Did you see Insidious? Uh, uh, no. You get the same type of feel from mm-hmm. those movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so the way that he shoots the movies, a lot of misdirection and stuff, and there's a lot of good jump scares, and the atmosphere building is really good. So by, right. the, by the end of the movie, you're really into it, uh, and you kind of get invested. Paranormal superheroes, Ed and Lorraine Warren, are actually called in to investigate. Oh. <laughs> ah. It turns out that the house is haunted by a witch by the name of Bathsheba, Ooh. and that she sacrificed her own baby to Satan and killed herself on the property way back in the day.
0: This it's, is the movie plot
1: now. This is the movie plot. Okay. It's all very fantastical. Yes, yes. Uh, full of uh, dramatic effects and scenes and whatnots, and it says it's based on actual events. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if it says based on a true story or makes it uh, or based on actual events. They usually use one of those two, one of those two disclaimers. Right. But what can we point to in real life that says? Uh, that it is based on a true story.
0: Is there any actual documentation of this? Aha! Okay.
1: According to Andrea Perrone, the woman who lives in the house, not, not Eva Perrone, she's different. I don't know who Did that you ever is. you see Evita? Evita, Evita. That had Madonna in it? Yeah. Ah. Anyway, that's Eva Perrone. Okay. This is Andrea Perrone, who lived in the house, the actual house, in Rhode Island, and experienced the phenomenon. According to her, what she what is depicted on screen, a lot of which is actually real. She wrote a book called House of Darkness, House of Light. While some of the family members corroborate the accounts of Andrea, others have refused to comment at all. As for the witch Bathsheba, there is actual historical evidence that she did exist. Uh, she lived in the home in the 1800s, and a, uh, a child did mysteriously die in her care with a knitting needle was thrust into the infant's spine. Oh, That sounds gross. That's a
0: bad way to go. Yeah.
1: Uh, but it wasn't her kid. And, the, way, and the, the woman Bathsheba was actually way older than the movie suggested. She was an older lady at the time of mm-hmm. his death. No evidence could be found tying Bathsheba to the death, although the public believed her to be a witch. So that's kind of where this all started from. Okay. According, Also according to Andrea Perrone, and this is a quote, Eight generations of one extended family lived and died in that house prior to our arrival. Some of them never left. Aha. According to the Black Book of Boroughville, which is the town's cool. former public records book, it reveals that over the course of the existence, the property has been hosted two suicides by hanging, one suicide by poison, uh, rape and murder of an 11-year-old by the name of Prudence Arnold by a farmhand, mm-hmm. two drownings, and the passing of four men who froze to death, in addition to other tragic losses. This is of all
0: life. in or around that house? In that house, in that property. Yeah. And this is all documented. Correct. Okay. According
1: to the the Black Book of Burrowville, which sounds pretty. Uh, Can pretty
0: you get that on awesome Amazon? To me,
1: I don't know. Now, here's an important here's an important question for you. So, have any other homeowners who lived in the home had paranormal experiences? Probably not. Hmm. According to Andrea, this is still Andrea. Everyone who's lived in the house that we know of has experienced things, this, she says. Mm-hmm. Some have left screaming and running for their lives. The men who moved in uh, to do restoration on the house uh, after they sold it left screaming uh, without their tools and without their clothing. which I, I, don't I doubt that. that
0: no, no no, craftsman leaves his tools behind, trust never,
1: me. Never, uh, They Apparently never went back to the house. So consequently, the people who owned it and the adjacent landowners, uh, no one wanted to go in the house, and it sat vacant for years. However, oh. let's poke some holes into this whole story. Poke it. You ready to poke some Give holes? Give me some poking. The current owner, Miss Norma Sutcliffe. Oh, hi, Norma. Norma. Stated that her and her husband, Jerry, have had far less experiences in the home. Uh, they, they have had door bangings in the front hall, sounds of people talking and footsteps, which is eh, pretty creepy, but not the crazy over-the-top sure. uh, possession stuff that supposedly happened there early, uh, according to the Perone family. The only thing that was ever visible to the current homeowners was a blue light that Norma saw shoot across the bedroom, which could have been anything, mm. and her husband once saw, thought he saw fog in the home. <laughs> oh. Maybe it was after a long bathroom session. We're not quite sure. Norma stressed that she always looks at things from a scientific standpoint. She's never jumped to any conclusions over these minor experiences mm-hmm. in the home. However, since the movie's release... Norma has endured an ongoing barrage of trespassers and onlookers. People want to drive by that. You of could course. actually go by the house. It doesn't, sure. look, it doesn't look anything like the house in the film. Actually, the house in the Conjuring film was in North Carolina, I believe. Mm-hmm. They filmed it in a, in a suitably creepy home. The one in, it's in, actually in Harrisville, Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look anything like that.
0: That's not too far from here.
1: No, it is not. But uh, apparently, uh, Norma Sutcliffe has spent a lot of time trying to debunk the movie right and saying it was exaggerated because she doesn't want these people driving by her house and ruining her life
0: anymore so what do you think about that well you know it's a uh you know the typical hollywood experience well number one the first thing that that uh raises a red flag to me is the ed and lorraine warren tie of course because we know they have they lack credibility (laughs) well they lack credibility to certain folks if you if you and, and this is i've gotten into
1: arguments with people in the paranormal community in the past about this uh they are sacrosanct people in the paranormal world. You can't say anything bad about Ed and Lorraine Warren, Mm. even though a lot of what they've supposedly done has been debunked and they've been caught exaggerating. And, uh, and we've talked about it on the show, not to delve into that topic again, but the the Amityville horror case, which they made their reputation on was, was proven to be a hoax. Sure. Uh, but they stand by it. So in a lot of these movies, like the conjuring, this whole, they've actually had a, a subculture of, uh, Movies called the Conjuring Universe, mm. and that includes the Conjuring, the Conjuring Two, Annabelle. Now there's going to be an Annabelle Two. Okay, uh, so all of these films based on, excuse me, cases that the uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren did. Which are suspicious to say the least.
0: So they've done they've done okay for themselves financially. Speaking. Well, Ed's dead. He died, in, oh, I think it dead. was 2006. He's okay. been dead for a number yeah, of years. Yeah, so old man Ed is dead. Lorraine's yeah.
1: still kicking? Lorraine's still kicking around. And again, she shows herself up on these paranormal shows. And as yeah. soon as she walks in, it's like royalty. Yeah, yeah. Kiss drops the ring. Kiss the ring. But you know, as we, as we talk, she's supposedly a clairvoyant and a psychic and all mm-hmm. that. But we've talked about this on the show. If someone claims to be a, a clairvoyant, how can you say they're not? Right. Because they supposedly see things that you can't. Mm-hmm. So how do you prove a negative? How do you prove that you can't? How do you prove she can't see it? Right. You can't. Right. You can't can't.
0: Well, you know, it just, it just goes to the uh, – and, and like, we, like we talk about here on the program, these things, these things do happen. Paranormal events do occur. But mm-hmm. when's the last time you ever heard of anybody being killed by a ghost? You know what I mean? Like, right. usually those examples of things, extreme examples, are very... Over the top. Over the top. The things that are over the top are either rare or they didn't. They don't happen at all. Well, according to the
1: mytholo- mythology, according to the mythos of the whole thing, supposedly human spirits can't touch you at all, mm-hmm. whereas demonic entities can. And so there's a whole bunch I see. of... I see. You know... Uh, there's a whole bunch of rules, th- of which I don't a lot yeah. understand. We're, we're,
0: we'll talk more about uh, demonic possession here shortly. But, um, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's definitely interesting, to say the least. But you know what? Hollywood has to do that. They have to take liberties with things.
1: Well, of course. And, you know, they're they're in the business of entertaining and selling tickets. The movie's very entertaining. If you haven't seen it, I would definitely recommend watching it. Pretty scary at parts. Sometimes, some parts I was uh, actually scared myself. Mm. Uh, but I watched it by myself in a dark
0: room. Do you put your hands over your eyes or do you just turn no. it away? What do you do? I just look at it. You just watch? Yeah, I just watch it. Oh, but anyway, check it out, The Conjuring. Okay, that's good. Anyway, well, but quickly before I get into my topic, <clears throat> my movie. Yes. I want to talk a little bit about something I saw in the news last night, and it was these. Um, I-, I caught the tail end of this story, and it was a uh, these this guy. He was kind of like a. Uh, uh, he was like a, a a whiz with numbers. A whiz. And um, there was a, there was a particular state lottery that somehow he figured out. He had a he he came up with a computer formula. Ah. Uh. That would give him the, the winning numbers uh, to certain lottery drawings. Okay. And so he did this. He did this a number of times. Mm. Um, and he had people. Uh, was he successful? He was successful. And he won money. He won. The big jackpot was like $16 million and he won.
2: Well, you let me ask No, listen.
0: Listen. Oh, okay, go ahead. I have something to say. They arrested him. They charged him with theft. She, they, how can you arrest him? If he I figured, don't know. If
2: he
1: figured out the algorithm. I don't know. To, well, let me ask you this. Here's a stupid question. If you, in your infinite wisdom, came up with a plan to to defraud the lottery, well, yeah. not defraud, but to c- come up with a winning number, yeah. would you tell anybody? I wouldn't tell anybody. No. I would
0: keep playing the lottery no, and got, winning. No, he got people involved and then. No, see, that's somebody the problem. Dropped the dime you on. never tell anybody what you're doing. That's right. Keep it all secret. But here's my question. If yeah. he was smart enough to come up with a formula,
2: yeah. how that's is not- he stealing? He's well, not stealing?
0: Just like in, uh, in Vegas, if you get caught
1: counting cards, it's against the law. How can you be. You're just keeping track of things in your head. How can that be against the law? Is counting cards against the law? Yes. It is. It's against... Well,
0: I don't don't know if it's against
1: the law, but it's against... They don't like it. You can be trespassed from their premises. Yeah, they'll kick you out, for sure. I don't know if it's against the law, but it it may be. I don't know. If one of our listeners has some uh, in-depth knowledge of the gaming industry... I'm not a gambler
0: by any means. No.
1: If I lost, you know, $100 at the table, I would... I'd be suicidal. I only
0: gamble with my life when I walk across train tracks naked in the middle of the night.
1: Well, you know the chances that a train actually hit you are very low. Mm. You can hear it coming.
0: You can hear it coming. Anyway,
1: well, that's stupid. I don't know why he would have told people about his lottery winnings. I don't either. I wouldn't have said anything. I'd be just li- living on an island someplace with my winnings. Living, living by the water. You know, living by the water is uh, it's calming. It's a calming experience. You like going by the water, do you? I don't want to live there because I'd be I'd be afraid of tsunami. Oh. You know, the whole day, every day, I'd be worried that the tsunami is coming. So
0: I, I like to go to the water for short periods of time, but then I can escape inland. Okay, well, is it a, is it a tsunami? Or is it a two tsunami? It's a tsunami. T- t- tsunami. Yep, that's right. Anyway, so I'm going to get into uh, to me, and this is this is why I say I like the old school um, scary horror movie type films. Okay, right? and this was one. That uh, went back, actually came out before I was even alive, I think a couple of years before I was born, it was released. But mm. it's called uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, which the, the sound, of, I remember seeing the VHS tape yes. when I was a child and it scared the crap out of me. And the main the main bad guy in the movie is Leatherface. Mm-hmm. And uh, Leatherface they is... They call me Leatherface too, but for different reasons altogether. Scary, a scary individual to say the least. Mm-hmm. Probably one of the scariest looking uh, horror villains of all time. It's very scary. But the basic premise of the movie is a there's a young lady, her name is Sally. Oh. And uh, Sally hears that her grandfather's grave has been vandalized, which, of course, oh. you don't want to vandalize Grandpa's grave. Nope. And uh, she and her paraplegic brother, Franklin, oh. they set out with their friends to investigate this uh, this vandalism, of course. Mm-hmm. And after a detour to the family's old farmhouse, they discover a group of crazed, murderous outcasts who <sighs> live next door. I think I live next to those people. And the group is attacked one by one by a chainsaw-wielding Leatherface, as we stated. Uh-huh. And he wears a mask of human skin. Yee. And, uh, of course, the survivors, and they try to escape, and it's very creepy, and the, and the whole uh, film vibe is, is uh, you know, because it, it was a very low budget. Well, I was going to say, didn't wasn't
1: part of the appeal of the original movie that it was kind of realistic in the way yes. that it was shot?
0: So it only had a $140,000 budget. Whoa! Give or take. That's pretty cheap. And uh came out in 1984, uh, excuse me, 1974, and it was directed by Toby Hooper, uh-huh. who directed a lot of horror films uh, during the 70s and I 80s. I had a dog named Toby once. I loved him. Did you? Yeah, he was a nice dog. Wasn't he a jerk? No, he liked me. He didn't like any other men. Oh, okay. He enjoyed me, though. So as I said, it was a hundred forty thousand dollars budget, and it made thirty million dollars. Uh huh. But it was also banned in several countries. That's a big. That's a big uh, profit margin. That is. That is a big profit margin, and because it was so scary and grotesque, a lot of uh, a lot of countries banned it. Oh. So let's talk about where did the the inspiration for that? So movie that come supposedly
1: from? is based on a true story. correct?
0: It's supposedly based on a true story. Sure. And actually, uh, you know, aside from the chainsaw wielding Leatherface, except for that part, <laughs> some of the things were actually. Uh, Kind of true. And so it was based on the on the real life uh, serial murderer slash grave robber, Ed Gein. Oh,
1: Ed Gein. And if you
0: look up a picture of Ed Gein, uh, there's a black and white picture that comes up if you Google him. Yep. And it looks like a close friend of ours by the name of Doug. It
1: looks exactly like Doug.
0: And I won't give out his last no, name. It looks like Doug And, and he has a lot of the same mannerisms. Yes.
1: I wonder if he's related. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, so he was called the Butcher of Plainfield. Oh. And uh, Ed Gein was from Wisconsin and he was born in 1906. Wisconsin is not near Texas. Uh, No. But his father was a
1: tanner. Do you know what a tanner is? Yes. Uh, they go to tanning beds and they get the orange
0: uh, tan uh, a la Hulk Hogan 1986. Close. It's the, it's the person that has, you, you, uh, you go to these places and uh, they have a, a spray thing. Mm-hmm. And you get in there naked Ooh. and they spray you up and down. And you have you to be naked tanned. though.
1: You want to make sure that you're
0: naked. No, a tanner is somebody who takes uh, the hides of animals. Yes you know, and, uh, processes them for different things. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, so that's where Ed kind of learned some of his, uh, his, his skills, his butchering skills, if you will, learn how to clean and dress, yeah. uh, animals growing up and things of that sort. <clears throat> Excuse me. You're
1: always heaving over I, there. I
0: know. I have, I always have things in my throat. Always. Because always. I talk, I have excess phlegm that have builds a mouth up. fetish. And, uh, I have things in my throat. Oral fixation. And, uh, that, that's what happens. So anyway, apparently as a child or, or in, in his younger days, uh, Ed's brother Henry was killed mysteriously, Ooh. and they said that it was a fire that killed him. But uh, there was no evidence that he was burned in a fire. It looks like uh, he had some sort of head trauma. So there was always belief that Ed had killed oh, his brother. Oh, I see. And that that was his first kill. You
1: know, that's what. Uh, not to not to segue away, yeah. but you know that this this harkens to the uh, the Clegane brothers. You know who the Clagane brothers are? From Game of Thrones. Yes, yeah, Sandor. Yeah, and uh, what's the other Clegane? Uh, big, big, big mountain, <laughs> the mountain and the hound. Yeah. Uh, the mountain burned the hound's face. That's right. In a fire when they were younger. And it sparked a lifelong uh, um, hatred of one another. And it's actually boiling down. There's going to be a climactic battle between the hound and the mountain this uh, this, this uh, season. Sorry. The mountain hound. Didn't mean to do
0: that. That's right. So in 1957, a uh, local hardware store owner had gone missing. So upon uh, checking the area for this hardware store owner, authorities... Checked uh, old Ed Gein's house, mm-hmm. right? And they found all kinds of things. Uh-oh. I'm going to just give you a few examples here. Uh-oh. They found human bones and fragments, uh-huh. a decapitated body hung upside down like a deer, Ouch! a wastebasket basket made out of skin, Eek. human skin covering chairs, skulls on bedposts, Eek. bowls made of skulls, faces in bags. It sounds like Glenn Danzig's living room. Skulls in bags. Uh, he created a, a suit out of skin and oh. he called it the woman's suit and he would crawl into the skin of the woman <laughs> Oh, god uh, and did he did all kinds of crazy that's things disgusting. like that so as you can see uh, uh this the whole skin thing from the uh the leather face mm-hmm. where he, the skin mask that's where that that originated from
1: you know there's a lot of you can you could just you you describing that you could probably see a bunch of other movies in there too mm. like uh silence of the lambs yep. had a very similar storyline Yep, uh, and there's been
0: a couple other ones that have the skinning thing. I think I find it interesting. Like, what sets these people to, uh, down this p- dark well, path? Well, like, let me you ask can't you even, this. You can't even make that stuff so up. So, Ed Gein, though, was...
1: And please correct me if I'm wrong, but were, they had trouble pinning actual murders on him, right? He That's was, right. He defiled graves. And That's he, right. He robbed graves and stuff, but they didn't know if he actually killed anyone.
0: Correct. So, they would... Uh, he, he basically would scout out the uh, the freshly uh, buried bodies at graveyards. Yeah. And he would dig them up, and a lot of those... uh you know, pieces of bodies at, at his home that he would work with mm-hmm. came from graves and such. Right. So, they, yeah, they did have a hard time pinning some of the murders on him. Mm-hmm. But, uh yeah.
1: But so anyway, so your question was how does somebody get to that part? Yes. I think, uh, like anything, it starts off small mm-hmm. and then somebody tries it once and then it's just like anything bad that you do. Right. You know, you smoke cigarettes. Oh, you smoke one one time and then you get addicted to it. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you're smoking butts behind the, behind the gymnasium with the guy with the Slayer
0: t-shirt on and the denim jeans. That's right. And the denim jean jacket. And he has the, uh, the, remember that kid with the, and he always had the brush in his back pocket? Brush in the back pocket, the feathered dew. That's right. Did you, you know, I was never cool enough to have a denim jacket. I never had one. No, I used to have various denims. Really? I had uh, all colors, I had uh, the acid washed. Did you have the pins? You know, uh, remember for a while it was cool to get the pin,
1: like yeah, the band pins? Yeah. And,
0: like Journey and Loverboy, you would have the pins no, on I your... didn't have a lot of pins. No? I had a couple pins, but I, I didn't put them on my uh, jean jacket. Speaking of Loverboy, we heard that Loverboy, uh, the band,
1: mm. actually has listened to this program and liked it. So That's right. If you're listening today, uh, hello. Hello, lover boy. We
0: enjoy your work. Mm. Good stuff. That's right. Anyway. So anyway, yeah. So I had the various jean jackets. Black one. I had a black one. You had a black jean jacket. I had jacket. a white one. Speaking of which, a, yes. I hope my wife's not listening. Uh, have you ever
1: watched the show The Goldbergs? No. Okay. So it's a, It's set in the 80s. It's really funny. It's a sitcom. It's a funny show. Um, but the girl on there, uh, the, the sister, mm-hmm. uh, is very attractive. And I think to me, part of the attraction is that she... She's dressed in totally eighties garb yes. all the time, and that's when, you, when I was coming of age. And when you couldn't get women, sure. That's and so right. you look at that as being, oh, this is un- unobtainable. It's enticing. Yes. So now yeah. you look at it, I'm like, oh my goodness, oh. why is this so arousing? Because you
0: remember as a child, yes. you remember walking around with your that's little, right. uh, you know, yes, parts all tingly, <laughs> and you couldn't do anything about it. No. And so that, yes. So uh, kudos to the Goldbergs mm. uh, for bringing back those memories. <laughs> <laughs> they struck a chord in you, didn't yes, they? They did. Anyway. Oh, so that's that's Ed Gein. and you know. Uh, you can read a lot about him, and 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 as we stated, you know it's uh, it's grotesque, and to think that he lived like this, mm-hmm. you know he'd eat his uh, you know cookie crisp out of the skull of a human. That's kind of which brutal. is, uh, well, is kind of disturbing. But you know, for centuries,
1: people used to drink uh, wine out of the skulls of their defeated enemies.
0: Well, that's okay. That's cool. Yeah, that's fine.
1: I'll take that, but not not like innocent people no. or grave robbings.
0: Definitely not. It's Different. Okay, so we have a new sponsor here on the program. Okay, yes, and uh, actually, this person contacted me a couple weeks ago. And uh, discussed making a commercial for them. And uh, his name is Dwayne. Oh, Dwayne. And uh, Dwayne, we're going to run Dwayne's commercial. And we're going to talk about a few specials that uh, Dwayne has uh, coming up. So if you want to uh, imbibe in Dwayne's uh, services. So here we go. Let's do it.
2: Dwayne's. Decadent delights and sweet drunken nights, drunken nights. It's a candy store, it's got booze and more. It's Dwayne's Decadent Delights. Hey there, at Dwayne's, we got all the things you loved as a kid. We got dip, Twizzlers, candy cigarettes, Boston Baked Beans, Necco Wafers, you name it. But we don't stop there. Let's combine sweets and teats for an all adult candy, booze, and fetish adventure. Rent one of our walker rooms for a sweet and tasty adult drunken experience. We're here for the kid in you and the deviant too. Oh! Dwayne's decadent delights and sweet. Drunken nights, drunken nights, it's a candy store, it's got booze and more, it's Dwayne's Decadent Delights, lights, uh, lights, uh, Dwayne's
0: Oh, there you go. There's uh Dwayne's Decadent wow, Delights.
1: That sounds like a great place. And uh
0: actually Dwayne is uh running some specials this week. Oh. Uh you can email me at theeonproject at yahoo.com. He's doing a uh <laughs> alcohol infused adult candy party that uh you can take part in if you're interested. You so, know, uh
1: I, I, I am most interested in the Wonka rooms. Yes. Um do they have a juicer room? They do, they, they have uh,
0: various uh, Wonka themed rooms mm. that you can uh that you can take part in and uh experience. I would, I would go to Dwayne's if I was a single man. Well, you know, I'm gonna go anyway. No, you bring your wife with you. Yeah, they have uh, they have couple adventures as well. Nice with uh, Twizzlers and random things. Twizzlers and Fun Dip. Yep. Fun Dip has a couple of different connotations. Too. You know, I loved the Fun Dip as a kid. Sure, and, uh, do just they still sugar. make Fun Dip? They do. Yeah. They do.
1: But you know what the worst part of the Fun Dip was? You had to eat the stick at the end of it. Yeah, it's all hard, gross candy grossness.
0: Yeah, the hard the hard stick is is tough.
1: Speaking of, yeah, uh, we're talking today about horror movies that are supposedly based on true stories. And uh, I'm going to roll right into this next one because it actually has something to do with what you just discussed. Oh, good. Dwayne's candy and stuff? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. I'm going to roll right into it now. Roll it. Why are you touching yourself over there? I can't help it. Do you remember the My Buddy doll from the 80s? I love My Buddy. My Buddy. My My Buddy. buddy, Wherever I go, you're going to go. go, That's it. He was kind of this creepy doll, boy doll, with red hair. Yep. Uh, You should never trust ginger things anyway. (laughs) But this one, uh, the My Buddy doll was very popular in the 1980s. Everybody had one. I didn't have one because I thought he was always creepy. Mm -hmm. However, they created a horror movie about a possessed My Buddy doll. Okay. And they called it Child's Play. Do you remember Child's Play? Yes. 1988. And there's been a million sequels that came after it. So we all know the story. Well, maybe some of you don't. A serial killer's soul has somehow made it into this doll. I think they were going to execute him or something like that. Mm. And his soul makes it into this doll due to some black magic. And he goes around killing folk as uh, as a doll. Yes. I always thought the concept was rather stupid and not really scary. Uh, that is, until I learned that
0: Child's Play is actually based on a true story. Oh. I bet you didn't know that. I did not know that. But and, you're familiar uh, with the Child's Play movie. Did yes. Did you watch them? <clears throat> yes, and they scared the pants off of me. Why did it scare you? I didn't like it. Why? Because it's well, was Well, because it was around? just a doll. It was a doll. It was supposed to be your friend. All of a sudden, it comes to life. It starts wielding butcher knives around, stabbing and killing people. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of a creepy concept, but I didn't think it was
1: that scary. However, let's let's transform to real life, and we'll see where the Child's Play uh, uh, a theme came from. Okay. Shall we? Mr. Robert Eugene Otto, or Gene as his family called him, was a young boy in the early 1900s down in Key West, Florida. Okay. You ever been to Key West? Uh, no. I heard oh. it's nice. So it's pretty there. far down there. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the Otto family was rich enough to have a maid, and uh, she was from the Caribbean, apparently. And the maid gave Jean, or uh, little Jean. Was her name Tichiba? No. Oh. Gave uh, little Jean a strange, straw-filled doll to play with. Mm-hmm. Jean loved his life-size doll and brought it everywhere, even named it Robert after himself. Oh, Bobby. It wasn't long, however, before people began noticing that signs of Robert the doll was evil and mischievous. Mm -hmm. Some said that the maid was actually a practitioner of voodoo and cursed the doll for some reason. Maybe the autos didn't tip well, didn't give Christmas bonuses or something. Uh So this is taken from Atlas Obscura, which is a cool resource for stuff like this, if you ever want to check it out. Okay. Quote, as rumor had it, the autos and their servants would often hear Gene in his bedroom having conversations with himself in two entirely different voices. Furthermore, the autos would would wake up in the middle of the night to Gene screaming, only to find the frightened boy in bed, surrounded by overturned furniture. Gene would blame Robert the doll for messing up his bedroom, while Robert would be glaring at Gene from the foot of the bed. Soon after, mutilated toys and mysterious happenings would appear throughout the home, only to have Gene proclaim each time, Robert did it! Although the autos didn't quite believe Gene, it was reported that they could hear the eerie sound of Robert giggling around the house and passerbys even claimed to see a small doll moving from window to window. Eey. Wow. Robert was eventually moved to the attic where he remained for a number of years. Robert, oh, they... Not the doll, not the boy.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. I thought they put the boy up there. No.
1: So Gene inherited his family's Key West mansion after his parents passed away, at which time Robert the doll returned to his old bedroom. Uh, the turret room, which actually, if you've seen it, so, you that know those turret cool. rooms? Like they they have like the... the uh, panoramic views. And is a machine gun nest? That's what I would put up there. Okay. I, don't, I don't know if these guys did that. Uh, anyway, so they put him into the, uh, the the turret room. By then, Gene was working with a local artist and as a local artist, and folklore insists that Gene would spend his days alone in his mansion painting with his own old friend Robert the Doll. Gene eventually married, and many tales of his wife's disdain for Robert arose. Conflicting rumors surfaced, some alleging that Gene's wife died from insanity mm. after uh, locking Robert in the attic.
0: So Gene kept bringing Robert into the bedroom. That's with him. right, for... Yeah. Po- for Quote-unquote, play. Oh, straw play, though. Mm. That would be painful. Others report that Gene died with Robert by his
1: side. Ugh. Today, Gene's residence operates as a bed and breakfast called the Artist House, and visitors can even stay in the old turret bedroom. Is Robert still around? Aha, that's a good question. Robert the Doll now lives at the Fort East Mar- Martello Museum in Key West, Florida, where some believe his hair color and soul are both slowly fading. Mm. Visitors beware, however, as Robert's current favorite mischievous act involves casting curses on those who take his photo without asking permission. To date, the walls near his glass case are covered with numerous letters from previous visitors and naysayers, begging Robert's forgiveness and asking them to remove any hex he has cast. Oh, so that's a pretty interesting story. You yeah, get this uh, doll given to a vood- given to a kid by a voodoo practitioner. The thing uh, is apparently imbued with some sort of supernatural powers. Yes, and it drives everyone crazy. Does it come to life, or does it just sit there? Well, some people say that its expression
0: changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, or like you said, that it's moved around from room to room. See, this gives, this gives me a good idea. What's that? I'm going to get one of these dolls. Okay. And I'm going to talk to it every day and pretend, it, pretend that it's alive. leave you. <laughs> and then, well, that's one thing. And then the other thing would be if something goes wrong at the house or in our lives, I'll just you can blame, blame it. I'll blame the straw doll. That's a good idea. That's you could also blame
1: the dog. Like, I blame the dog for farting. Yeah. Yeah. That's usually me. Yeah. But I say it's the dog because the dog can't defend itself.
0: No, but my dog, when it farts, it panics. <laughs> it's it's un- scared it by its own fart. It looks at his behind quickly and then runs to another room. <laughs> it doesn't believe that something so
1: foul could come from its own body.
0: Anyway. <laughs> That's right. So what do you think of that? So, you think Robert the it's
1: uh, No, I don't think it's possessed. I think it's a pretty cool story. <clears throat> Good. You know, I think he was a weird kid. There's
0: mm-hmm. always weird kids. You ever notice that? There's always that weird kid. There's always weird you know, kids. And if you can't find the weird kid, more than likely it's, it's you. It's probably you. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to talk about The Exorcist. Woo! And The Exorcist, another frightening film. I don't know if it just happened because of the 70s. 70s were a frightening time. Well, that's the advent of the horror movie. That before that they had, you know, the the uh, the uh, creature movies
1: like you know yeah. the vampire and there Frankenstein and creature Wolfman. from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, but they didn't really have
0: supernatural scary stuff. Right. The Exorcist was another film that was banned in several theaters throughout through across America. Let me ask you, what what does banning do? It makes people want to see it exactly. even more. Exactly. Why do people ban it? I don't know. It's they stupid. think they're doing something. Uh, virtuous. Okay. Who knows? But anyway, the uh, the, the Exorcist film came out uh, in, I think, hold on, let me just double check my notes. 19... Why do you have notes? 1973, I believe. Yeah, 1973, and it was based on a novel by William Peter Blatty. Which is a cool last name. Blatty. Blatty. And it starred uh, the great Max von Sydow. Max von Sydow was in all
1: these horror movies,
0: man. As a matter of fact, he's still making movies. Is he still like, alive? Yeah, he's like 117.
1: Max von Sydow, wasn't he in, um, was he in Star Wars? No, that was Christopher Lee. I'm
0: sorry. No, that was Christopher Lee. He's yeah. dead, I think. He he is dead. Yes, yeah. and Linda Blair. Do you remember Linda Blair? I had the hots for Linda Blair, man. Not mm. in that movie. No, not in that movie. But she was too young in that movie anyway. Yeah. yeah. And uh, she looked uh, disgusting. Her name was Reagan. That is right. Yeah, I remember. That's that. right. And that movie had a budget of twelve million dollars, and it, it it grossed. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Four hundred and forty-one million. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's quite the uh, so quite the return that, on the investment. That's right, and you know what? It's probably still making money today. Of but that was just does. that was just the the box office return.
1: Well, that movie has has a uh, has a. You just say it and everyone has a visceral reaction to it, whether you saw it as a kid or you're afraid to or whatever. That's right. People just think of it as that movie.
0: And you know what? It's timeless in the sense that uh, you know a lot of these movies that you watched as a kid that frightened you and you watch them now and they're stupid, mm-hmm. like probably Child's Play would be one. Right. But I think The Exorcist is still... Um, still pretty good. It's still mind-numbing and uh, scary at the same time. It's, it, yeah. It's, it's, it's unsettling. That's right. what it is. So basically the premise of the movie, and, and it was one of the most profitable horror movies of all time, as I stated and it's loosely based on actual events and i like the term loosely mm-hmm. you know uh, as mike said hold sta- on loosely who's that who sings that but don't let come go come on that's boston hold on loosely no it's not no, it's 38 not. special 38 special Shoot. there you go the the young girl her name was Reagan in the movie that was played by linda blair she starts acting odd she starts doing all these strange weird things and i remember one <clears throat> excuse me one one of the scenes that disturbed me the most was when the mother was having a party i don't know if you remember this part and uh, <laughs> and Reagan comes down the stairs, and in the middle of the party, and like her, backwards, right? In her nightgown, no. And she stands at the bottom of the stairs, and she oh, urinates, and she urinates. Yes, I remember. Which that. catches everybody uh, off guard. Oh, who doesn't do that at parties? I urinate on myself all the time. That's right. But then all kinds of other weird things start happening. She's levitating, mm. speaking in tongues. How do you speak in tongues? <laughs> Uh, so of course she seeks medical help, only ah. to uh, hit a dead end there because uh, the medical world cannot stop demonic possession. You know what's funny about the medical world? They can rarely tell you what the hell's going on. They can—they never know what's. going on. A lot on. of times you go in there, you go, "Hey, I got all these symptoms." They go, "Well, I don't know. <laughs> it's uh, you must—you must be—you must, be must have some stress in your if life." If you don't know, then how am I supposed to know? Yeah. If yeah. you don't know, they just say it's stress. Here's some medicine. <laughs> how does the medicine work? I don't know. Oh, it's a pill. Yeah. It's a heart pill. It'll give you an erection. Mm. All right. So the priest came in, local priest came in to try to help uh, quell these uh, these issues that were going on. Father Merrick, right? And uh, so they start yeah, they start uh, performing uh, uh, exorcisms, and all kinds of strange shenanigans happen, as Shenaniganry. Know. The Shenaniganry. Uh, she spins her head around. She starts uh, vomiting. Vomiting pea soup everywhere. Ugh. And uh, all kinds of different things are going on. And, it, and it's, it's, uh, it's it's good. It's a good film. It's scary, and it's yeah. very provocative.
1: Isn't it true that the film was actually cursed, or that they thought it was? It was a lot of weird stuff that happened That's right. as a result there of the film. There were some things that
0: had happened on the movie set, and people were getting hurt and killed and things yeah. of that sort. Interesting. That's right. But it is loosely based on the true life story of a young boy Ooh, who was possessed. And he goes by the name we're gonna we're not gonna call him Roland Doe. Instead of Roland John Doe. Doe? <laughs> Roland Doe. Roland. <laughs> Roland Doe, dude. Roland Doe. You've okay. been Roland and Doe. Okay. And it happened around uh, nineteen thirty five in uh in a in a town in Maryland. Oh. Have you been to Maryland? I have been to Maryland. You drive by there every time you gotta go down to like Florida. That's right. So the Roman Catholic Church came in. apparently a lot of these things started happening. So, uh, it started when Roland's Aunt Harriet died oh. and then the family started experiencing strange noises, furniture had been moving around, mm-hmm. uh, other odd and strange things. And they were all centered around the boy. Whenever the boy was nearby, these things were, would start happening.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: of course the family was religious. They called in the, uh, the local church to, uh, to come in and, uh, uh, uh Father Hughes was one of the gentlemen that came in and started conducting some of the uh, the exorcisms on the boy mm-hmm. and uh, at a Jesuit hospital and those Jesuits oh, those Jesuits man always up to no good that's right. And uh, this went on for a while and he had you know the, 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 they had to restrain him at times during some of these exorcisms Ooh, and he had superhuman strength mm-hmm. and he would rip out of his restraints and at one point he took a piece of the restraint and he slashed one of the uh, people at his bedside, Ouch. and uh, who doesn't do that? but at some, at one point they decided they were going to move to St. Louis. And uh, seek the help of the Alexian Brothers. All oh, those
1: Alexian Brothers.
0: But, uh, the Alexian
1: it Brothers like, Hospital. It sounds like they would be selling used cars. That's right. All those buy here, pay here sites.
2: Hey, come on down to the Alexian Brothers. Alexian Brothers, we got this 1987 Mustang. Gets three miles per gallon. Everyone financed here at Joey Alexian's Cad Dealership. $3 down, $4 a month. That's
0: it. Anyway. So anyway, they performed some more exorcisms on the young boy. And uh, eventually they were vanquished, I believe. And uh, then the kid went on to live his life vanquished. But as you can see, and this is suppo- uh, a supposedly documented case uh, of a true life exorcism. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about exorcisms here on the program before. And my, my issue, my problem with, with the exorcism, I believe, my personal opinion is that anybody's demons are internal demons, right? Mm-hmm. That are not of the supernatural variety. You don't
1: think that there's a thing called demonic possession?
0: No. Oh, okay. We disagree then. You think that demons can overtake think, a body? I think it's possible. Yes.
1: Really? Mm-hmm. Let me hear about that. No, I just think it's possible. Okay, I I think that a lot of the times it's not, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but I think that that it is a phenomenon that is possible. And if you, if you are a religious person at all, then you believe in it too. Or if you don't, then you don't adhere to your own religions.
0: Well, I'm not a religious person. You're you're a spiritual person. I I, I live in the spiritual realm. But here's my problem with this. Oh. let's say that there is a a, a, a demon, an outside uh, supernatural entity, has the ability to overtake your body. Yes. You think that a priest coming in and saying a couple prayers is going to uh, is going to eliminate this demon from you? Yeah. Really? Well, then uh, they're not very powerful, then. No, I mean, Wait, have a cross around, sprinkle some holy water, say th- a couple prayers. Th- and I th- off think that they go. Their hold is is is
1: tenuous. And if you if you have read anything about the phenomenon of exorcisms and uh, po- d- uh, demonic possession, you would know that it's not just a simple set of prayers. Say a couple hail marys, and the thing disappears. It's a, it's a very intensive process. As a matter of fact, usually. Um, requiring multiple uh, sessions of exorcism, sometimes over years, mm-hmm. to get rid of something. So no, I don't think it's it's something as simple as saying a couple of prayers and throw holy water and think disappears. No, I think it's uh, that that in cases of true demonic possession is actually something that takes
0: some work, uh, and it is a is a spiritual battle that takes place. But don't you think that a person who is ex- supposedly experiencing this has a there's a possibility that whatever mental deficiency they of have, a possibility that the priests and everybody around else around are feeding into this. Of course, if, fantasy. if, if
1: it's not a real possession, yes, and mm-hmm. I think that a, a, a large percentage of them are not real. Mm-hmm. However, there are some that are. So if you have, to, even if you admit that three percent of uh, uh, demonic possession cases are real, then you're talking about thousands of cases of possession per year. Mm-hmm. So I think you're uh, you're wrong. Okay, but anyway.
0: Well, so you're done with your. Uh... Let's try it. We you know what we should do. Do a a a. a uh, let's not an exorcism here live on the on the radio. <laughs> that
2: no, sounds like a great on idea the, on the podcast.
0: Mm-hmm. That'll be fun. We can have alcohol. We can have. Oh, that would make it more Dwayne come and uh, oh, Dwayne and his supply all the, uh, candy, the necessary candy delights tools to go uh, along with it. Well, I have one more.
1: Okay, I have one more one more movie. Let's hear it. So this is actually something that plays into some of my fears, and I think you as well. We share some of the same stupid fears. People knocking on our doors has become an even more, uh, ever more rare
0: occurrence these days. People don't normally knock on your door anymore, right? No, but you know what's funny? Like how, how have we changed as a society, right? So back right. back when we were kids, like somebody would ring the doorbell sure. and knock, and you get excited. You would, just, you would get excited. Yeah, like, open oh, the door. Somebody's here to visit, and now you hide. Oh my god, I hide. You duck on the dive floor. dive to the
1: floor. You low crawl around. You, you don't tell want a dog, anybody to know your you're home. Tell the dogs to shut up. That's you're just right. trying to hide. You look out the windows to see who it could be. You go, you go out, uh, lock and load. Yeah, yeah. You know, you gotta prepare to defend yourself. You do not know who's at your door. That's right. I, for one, have never liked people knocking on my doors. However, it happens so infrequently that it's become more of a nerve-wracking experience when somebody actually does knock on your door. It doesn't happen very often, but That's when right. it does, you get all upset. Yep. Now, to make matters worse, every once in a while, a movie comes out that makes everyday fears even more worse than that. Mm-hmm. So now we have 2008, The Strangers. Have you seen The Strangers? Uh, are these masked people? Yes. Okay. Starring Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman, which I get confused between Scott Speedman, Ryan Reynolds, and Ryan Gosling. They all look the same. Mm. How do you know the difference? I never heard of Scott Speed. You man. have seen him. He's been in a lot of things, but he's a generic, like pretty boy look. Okay, it could be Ryan. I like Ryan Reynolds because he was Deadpool, and I think he's pretty funny. Yeah, but before he was Deadpool, like he was just a normal, good-looking
2: dude. Ooh, uh,
1: Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Gosling—they're all the same. Oh, so handsome. I'm not as handsome as any of those guys. No. Anyway, so the movie uh, came out in 2008. It claims to be based on a true story. So the basic plot is this: There's this couple alone in this kind of remotish house. And they're having a tiff, as it were. Uh, the basic plot is that they're they're having a tiff. Uh, they're arguing. It's late at night. Suddenly, a girl knocks on the door and asks for someone who doesn't live there. It's really creepy because she's kind of in the shadows, you know. Mm-hmm. You can't really see her face. It turns out uh, that Liv Tyler, when she opens the door, is actually just a ruse for the other two masked accomplices to enter the home and begin to terrorize the couple. Now, I'm not going to give away all of it because it's actually not not a bad movie. It's pretty good if you haven't seen it. It's very atmospheric. Uh, but perhaps the scariest line in the whole thing comes at the end when Liv Tyler asks the people why they are doing this to them, and the only reply they they give is because you were home. Oh, that's a pretty scary line. yeah, why are we doing this? Because you're here. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of stranger violence. It so seems- never
0: be home then. That's yeah. what you
1: take out of that. It's seemingly without cause, it makes it so frightening. Uh, but by the time you get to the end of it, uh, they leave the ending pretty much open to speculate that these crimes would continue. And then you remember that oh, this is based on a true story, mm-hmm. or is it? Oh, so the marketing for the movie makes it pretty clear that this is inspired by true events. It's it's not quite as bad as the um, Blair Witch Project, which was supposedly a hundred percent true story, yeah. and everybody bought into it. That yeah. was back when the found footage thing started. But what's even uh, open interpretation is that this is based on a true story. Um, it's the actually according to the production notes for the film. The Strangers was based on an experience the director Brian Bertino had mm-hmm. when he was young. Mm-hmm. This is a quote from him. As a kid, I lived in a house on a street in the middle of nowhere. One night when our parents were out, somebody knocked on the front door and my little sister answered it. At the door were some people asking for somebody who didn't live there. That's kind of mm-hmm. creepy. We later found out that these people were knocking on doors in the area and if no one was home, they were going to break into the house. So that's kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. But where does the mass killer idea come from? Turns out that they borrowed the idea... From the which is this is kind of a stretch, but you got to read into it a little bit. They borrowed that from the Manson Tate killings, the Sharon Tate yep. and uh, La Bianca killings that happened in the '60s, uh, and then the Keddie Cabin murders, which we actually talked about on this show before, which were uh, later unsolved. Both of these cases are home invasion premises. Yep. So what you have is you take the basic premise of a home invasion, people knocking on your door, um, and then you add the masks to it, and then you have a movie. So. Is it based on a true story? Not really. Right. I mean, it's based on an experience that happened when he was a kid. But I think a lot of that, a lot of movie making happens from that. You take you take a little bit of real, you mix in a whole bunch
0: of fake, mm. and then you have a movie. You know, it reminds me of, uh, I don't know why, but it just this story just came to my mind. Do you remember when we were kids, the uh, the Blackstone Valley sniper? I do remember the Blackstone oh, Valley sniper. That was that frightening. Frightening, yes. We had a sniper going around the he area. He was driving area. around
1: shooting people with a rifle That's right. through windows. That's right. And I remember... Um, not wanting to, to be near windows at we had time. To, we had to
0: watch TV from the hallway <laughs> because we were afraid that we were going to get shot. They caught that guy, right? They did catch him, yeah. yeah what was, what, what he, was his deal? He, he was just randomly shooting. A, it was a twenty two and he was shooting through windows. He never killed anybody. I think oh, a, he didn't kill anybody? No, I think a few people were injured. Oh. Well, then there was the real sniper, the DC sniper, those two idiots that were mm. running around in the... Uh, oh, that was probably, what, 10 years ago now? 12 yeah, years ago? Maybe more than that, but yeah. Yeah, it was a while yeah. ago. Um, you know, I'm thinking about movies, and this this was a movie that I went I feel foolish. I feel foolish even mentioning this. What's that? Um, do you remember a movie that came out? Actually, probably about ten years ago, called The Fourth Kind. Yes. With Mila Jovovich. Mila Jovovich. Yes. Yeah. I don't know why, <laughs> but I actually thought. Well, th- the movie was real.
1: Okay. So here's this. Deserves, what the hell is wrong with me? This deserves some discussion because when you watch, because I I actually watched this recently. I hadn't seen it before. If you look at the beginning, Mila Jovovich, the actress, comes on and says, Hi, I'm Mila Jovovich, an actress. Yes. This movie is real. Yes. It's taken from uh, real uh, interviews and real footage. Right. But then you watch it, and it's so fantastical, it's not real. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, as it's happening, I'm
0: like, I want this to be so Of real. course, it's very realistic. Oh, my God. However... It tricked me.
1: Some of the stuff you get into, and then it's, it's, it just becomes outrageous. But I don't understand how they're able to legally... I
0: don't know. ...say, this is true, but it's not. I can't believe I fell for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, a pretty—it's uh, actually uh, not a bad movie. Level-headed person, but the, but then you, the person that supposedly it's happening to is an actress. Right. But when you watch the movie, you don't know that. You don't know that because it's filmed in a documentary form, correct? And there's like uh, you know like video cameras set up and stuff. It's yeah. not filmed like a like an actual movie would be. Right. It's almost like a you know. First-person account of things that were going on. But supposedly based on true events. But then again, you don't know how, right. how much they've read into it. or how So much if it. you haven't seen it, we just kind of ruined it for you. But yeah. It's not bad. I would watch it just for the... the, the yeah, you, you per- can still go see it, and, and you'll understand what we're talking about. Mm. What, so, are you okay over there? I'm getting the heaves. Again. It's the tea. What is wrong with it's you? It's the tea. Every week. It's the hot tea. You got some problems, man. Should I not drink hot tea? No, because you get the heaves every week. What should I do to quell the heaves, then? Not drink that. What can I have? I don't know. Nothing? Anyway. I need something to wet my palate. Are we done with the show? Oh, We could be. You know what we would really like? And uh, we've actually had some
1: pretty good response. We want everybody to uh, give us a review. Go to iTunes. Drop us a review. Mm -hmm. Uh, Good reviews are good. If you have a bad review, I don't care. Leave it. It's fine. If you don't like us. That's right. Um, If you go to uh, uh, iTunes, look up the Eon Project. One word. T-H-E-E-O-N-P-O-R-O-G-T. What? Eon Project. <laughs> Leave <laughs> us a review. Drop us a note at Theeon Project at yahoo.com. That's T-H-E-E-O-N project at yahoo.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook. That's right. You can also go to Old Three Hundred Three Music on Facebook. Check them out. Check them out. Brent and his stuff.
0: He's got all sorts of good stuff for sale. That's right. And the the, the promotion is is ongoing. Yep. Still got the, the it's free ongoing. Guitar so, promotion. Uh, eventually, a hundred uh, reviews will be hit, mm-hmm. and whoever that person is will win the free custom guitar from Five Hundred Dollar Value. That's right. And, you know, and uh, a show that we've been tossing around for a while, but we it's got put on a back burner because we're actually bringing in a third party for this, so it's uh, it's tough to coordinate certain things because mm-hmm. you know everybody's busy it's
1: tough to get people through the
0: security here at the ER that's right Studios. you have to go through an extensive security background, background, check. background check a yep. body cavity search if you've thrown ice at people in your life you won't get in uh, so don't try to hide anything in any of your no. orifices no. otherwise you won't get in nope. uh, but you will have a good time yeah. nonetheless if you do get in but anyway so we're going to do a, a jfk program oh. and, and it's coming up on jfk's assassination yeah, November. Date, yes uh, very shortly so maybe we should maybe we should do it right around that time that's a good idea and uh, we're gonna—it's gonna be an alcohol-infused event as well. <laughs> Those are the best. No, because it's gonna be a dual event. We're gonna talk JFK, but we're also gonna talk uh, local uh, brews. We're gonna uh-huh. have some different micro brews in here. We're this talk- is really a renaissance time for local breweries. That's right. They're uh, they're popping up all over the place, and there's some good ones. Yep. And uh, we're gonna talk about some different uh, uh, adult uh, libations that they may have, right. and uh, how good they are. Sounds good. That's right. Anything else you wanna add? Nope, I'm good. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay, well, that's it. We're going to wrap it up here. Then this week, another exciting episode of The Eon Project. And remember, check us out on The Eon Project at yahoo.com.
2: And the truth exists. Believe it.